past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. And today we are going to be talking about how to make yourself the obvious choice. So this is a tough market. It's a tough market for job seekers. It's actually been a tough market for a lot of job seekers, even though the employment unemployment was low. There are still a lot of people looking to move around. So we might look at COVID and the unemployment and think that it's a really challenging market. And it is challenging. However, it's been competitive for a while, simply because there's always been, well, at least for the last few years, a lot of people looking to make a move, even if they were currently employed. So how do you stand out among all of those applicants throughout the job search process? And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. How do you stand out? How do you make sure that you're the one that the Uh, gets chosen from the resume all the way through to the interview process. So when we look at the job search process, of course, most of the time it starts with some kind of resume or application. Now, this is the point of the process where you might think, oh, you know, how do I get my resume to stand out is my first concern. But I would say that our first concern really is how do you build yourself into someone who's already known in that organization and so therefore your resume is more of kind of that afterthought or nice to have, need to have it to satisfy our EO and we're treating everybody the the same kind of areas. But if I already know someone there, I'm going to stand out because I'm going to have that personal referral, that personal recommendation. So I just didn't want to miss the opportunity to make that point before we dive into the rest of our process because that's really our first thought is how do I become a known quantity in a good way, right? That person that is going to be referred in, that people know that that I've worked with this person before, or I know someone that works there now. That's really our first goal, which of course takes having that focus and networking before we need it and networking into companies before they have a position posted, which can be a hard mindset to adopt as a job seeker. We want to think about, you know, how do I get in first when that job is Um, when it's posted or we might think that networking with people that don't have a position posted right now is a waste of time but if we can identify those companies that we're really interested in and start networking into them now before they have something posted then we can be that known quantity when they post a position this is even more important right now during COVID because there are a lot of companies that might be holding off on hiring right now. Maybe they're going to wait and see how things go as things start to open up in the U.S. and across Europe, you're seeing more things open up even faster. And so if they're waiting for that to happen and then 
you're already networking in there before something is posted, you have a better opportunity, maybe even to get in faster than you would if you were applying to open positions, which we do still want to do. It's an or, it's not an or game, it's an and game. So we can do both at the same time. We can network in and apply to those open positions that are at other companies at the same time. So that's our preemptive goal is to be that known quantity before somebody even posts anything and and networking in there. Now, once something is posted, how do we stand out from all the other applicants that might be applying for the same position? And let's start with that application, which most of the time today for most professional positions is going to be in the form of a resume that you're going to submit to the hiring professional. If you have a referral, great. They're still probably going to ask for your resume and they're going to put value in what that resume says and how it connects with the audience that's reading it. This is where I kind of diverge from a lot of resume writers and the way that they work because I would say that the first thing we want to do is look at open positions. That is our market research. So before a company markets a product, they go and they do market research. What is the customer actually looking for? When we are developing a resume, it can feel like, well, it's about me. It's my work history. It's what I've done. And that is true. However, if we really want it to hit the mark with that audience, it can't just be about that. And it also has to be about what are they looking for? What are their needs? What are they asking for in their candidates? So we can start very simply with job announcements, gather a few of them, keep close near industry so that we get the right language, we get the right lingo, we know what they're looking for. The deeper dive in that research, of course, is to talk to people that work at those companies, talk to people that used to work at those companies, talk to people that do that role, especially if you're transitioning roles, doing that research and having those conversations, really understanding what people are looking for in that role is going to be important. And if we're making a transition, it may be not as well known to us. It may not be as obvious to us. So it's going to mean doing a little bit of research. Then we want to direct our communications to speak to exactly what they're looking for. So, you know, job descriptions can be overwhelming and have lines and lines and lines of, of what they're looking for. So I usually tell people to boil it down to three to five main categories of what they're looking for. What are the main categories that they're looking for in that job description? And again, if we can go across a couple of job descriptions, then we know we have a good look at this. And we're looking for those main categories. And then we're thinking about, okay, how can I line up my resume, my marketing communications to speak directly to those areas that they're looking for? Caveat here is that if you're in a higher level role, there may not be as many job descriptions out there and you're pretty well versed in what you do. So you might not be using job descriptions to do this kind of research and background. You're doing it based on what you know throughout your career, through your experience in that industry. What are those top pain points that your employers are looking for and how can you speak to those specifically in terms of your credentials, your experience, your accomplishments, your qualifications. 
So we start with them. What are they looking for? What are their main pain points? Then you think about, okay, what are my top selling points that align with those top pain points? When have I solved those same problems? When have I achieved those same results that they're looking for? So that I can really connect quickly to their pain points. And this data probably won't surprise you. They're gonna spend seven seconds. The first person's gonna spend about seven seconds reviewing your resume and they need to see the connection. They need to see the alignment between what they're looking for and what you do, what you're saying that you can bring. 95, maybe 90% of the applicants for a position will not take the time to do that. They will simply send the same old resume that they've been sending to every other position and not think about drawing those connection points. When you do that in your resume, when you really sit down and think about drawing those connection points, you're going to hit the, the target. Now, a lot of people will say, you know, this targeting your resume needs to be done for every position. That depends on how different your positions are that you're targeting. The more focused you are, the less targeting that will have to be done for each role. If you're aiming mainly for marketing director roles within the tech industry, you probably won't have to do that much targeting for each role because you started with that focus. You've gathered a few job descriptions to really understand what the market is looking for right now. What's the language? What's the verbiage? What are the key pain points? And you might adjust it a little bit for each position. But when you start with that end in mind, then you're going to have to do less work. This is part of the beauty of being focused from your beginning in your job searches because it will take less time to do those types of activities where you're targeting your search. And remember, it will take even less time if we're doing the networking and research up front, talking to people in those companies, really building our network. This resume is still going to matter because at some point someone is going to ask for it and it needs to be good enough that it doesn't feel like we're just passing you along because someone knows you. Sometimes that works, but other times people do want the checks and balances of yes, someone knows you and look, you're qualified. So we're gonna partner those two things together and make those great marketing communications and inroads. So we're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can stand out in this marketplace and be the obvious choice. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. 
Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And if you stuck with us, you are going to be rewarded because we just had Nicolette Barrett join us. And Nicolette is an expert in how to help people stand out in their career. So, Nicolette, you have been coaching folks since you started in corporate America in a few a few decades ago. And now you are doing coaching. <laughs> you you through IROC development solutions do coaching with people to help them be the CEO of their career. So we're so excited that you've joined us here today. Well, thank you so much, Maria. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So in your work, you really help people stand out and tell us what do you say to them in terms of being that obvious choice? And it's so funny, Maria. A lot of times when people get their um, job description that they're looking to get, they're really not um, looking at what the actual job description is saying. And I always say, don't make it harder for the recruiter or the hiring manager to see that you're the obvious choice. You have to make sure that your resume becomes your marketing and branding document by telling them exactly what you're interested in. Sometimes using generalities in a resume where people have asked me, well, can you do a general resume for me? I'm like, no. You have to be very targeted because then the recruiter and or hiring manager doesn't have to guess at what you want. So making yourself the obvious choice is basically speaking the same language of the job posting and the job description that you're interested in and making sure that your skills and your abilities, the talents, accomplishments, all that align with the job description. And what I really do is make sure that they walk through every piece of that job description to say, okay, have I done this before? If I did, what result did I get from it? And if I got a great result, let's put it down so that they can see that not only can I do the task, but I also can generate a result. So that speaks, that's like music to a hiring manager's ears, especially with me hiring so many people throughout my corporate career. I want to know what you can do for me in the end result. Not that you're a taskmaster. What was the result of it? So make it easy for those people. And if they're looking at all of your information, you want to make sure that they can see that you bring the goods to the table. (laughs) 
Yeah. And is there a number, because I know especially women, right, especially women can look at a job description and think, oh, I don't have enough of these requirements to take this step up or do this new thing. Is there a general rule on how many of the requirements in those job descriptions we should meet? Yes, I'm so glad you asked that question because I feel if you can meet at least 70% of the job requirements but have some experience where you can transfer, have transferable skills for the remaining 30 and the learning agility, even if it's maybe 10% of that, you still have an opportunity. And that's where it's based on the strategy. Okay, how do we strategically position you so that they see that you have the majority of the skills that you have and then that you have the learning agility for those skills and sometimes those transferable skills where it may not be identical, but it's, it's so in alignment that it can easily transfer over. So don't be scared that you can't do 100% of it. And another flip side, if it's something that you really want, and that's what I always go back to, Marie, about that dream job, you may have to go back and take some courses, and it's okay. It may not be a job for you at this moment. It's just a delay. Take what you need as far as the courses to get yourself ready to fit all of the needs. And don't waste time by shooting in the dark and throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping they'll let you in. And that's when you're doing it just from a general blind, not knowing anyone in that industry. Because, of course, if you know someone in that industry, they can help you get a mentoring relationship or some kind of job shadowing where you can get kind of an insight to the role and get your name known. And then when you're doing that, again, you're making yourself the obvious choice because you're putting in a little bit of background work to get yourself up to par of what the job description is asking for. Yeah, so we don't need to have everything, especially if we're going to apply online. We need to have a good percentage. But as you said, that that dream job, we can figure out how to get there and how to make those alignments. So we really want to stand out as that obvious choice because (laughs) it sounds so obvious, right? We we want to show that we meet the Uh requirements. Uh Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you find that people struggle with this? Or, you know, if it seems as obvious, the solution seems somewhat obvious. What have you found that kind of gets in people's way of doing this? Well, they get in their head when they're looking at the job description. They say, well, I can do this job. But what they don't do is take the time to make sure their resume reflects the same. And that's when they get discouraged. And I always have this little cute saying, I say, Marie, it's not you, it's your resume. Just because you're, you know, you're not articulating inside the resume to begin, again, making, making yourself the obvious choice to showcase that you can do the job. You can't take one resume and apply to a lot of jobs that you think you can do. Because sometimes, and a lot of people say, well, that means I'll have to showcase three or four pages of my resume. Well, that is considered to me your master resume. No, you're not going to turn in a five-page resume. But if you have an extensive career and you can do various things, you can pick and choose out of those skills and abilities to make sure that you're still matching the job description. And so that's, it's all about strategy. And you have to have different versions of your resume and putting the work in. And I've seen people not put the work in and not really know how to articulate it from a wordsmithing perspective to make sure that the terminology is there to showcase what they can do. And they sometimes just don't know how to um, translate it from one industry to another. I spoke with a client today. So, okay, well, that means this in this industry. So let's say it in this manner. So they don't know how to articulate that. 
But that's what I often see. It's, that's not them. They just don't articulate it in the proper way. Right. So they're going at it with this general resume or they're thinking about um, just I find that people on their resume want to share their work history, but they're not necessarily thinking about how it connects to that target audience. Exactly. And that's what people don't know how to tell the story because the job of a resume is to land the interview. And I always say it really has to tell a succinct story because guess what? Everybody loves a story. And if you can tell your career story, it becomes like a lullaby to the recruiter and the hire manager. A lullaby that's excitement, not to put them to sleep, but excitement to say, yes, this is who I'm looking for. And then they can put you in the call pile and say, yes, I want to speak more to this person about, you know, getting digging deeper into the skills and abilities and accomplishments that they did for this of these other companies. So that's what you, they really have to do. And it's okay. Put some work into it and you will get great results. And then people, you know, you'll get the cards from the recruiters as well as the hiring manager say, yep, you are the obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. So when we do that on our resume, as you said, then hopefully we get called into the interview. So are there any tips that you give your clients about standing out and being the obvious choice once they get to the interview? Yes, indeed. I love teaching um, the iRockstar method that I have. And in that method, it's about, okay, let's get in an interview and tell them off the top what result that you have gotten according to the question that they had, they've asked you. Because a lot of times, and on the flip side of telling the story in an interview, I have found that people get lost in their story to the point that they talk about all the actions and all the tasks that they've done, but they forget to tell uh, the um, interviewer what result they got from it. So they have to go in with the big guns. Go in and tell them exactly how you resolve the issue. Then go backwards and tell the story. Because if you go backwards and tell the story, you, it's easier for you to remember how you got that result instead of leading up to it because people get lost in their story. And again, when you do that as an as a interviewer for years, we're writing down the method and saying, okay, did they answer the question? If they did, what was the answer? You want them to write down the fact that you've answered that question with the natural result. Not a fluffy, not a, a, one of those generalities, but a natural real result. I remember a time when I did X, Y, and Z, and this is what occurred after I did it. Once they are able to write that down, when they go back to the room and look at all of the candidates that they've interviewed, if yours speak to all the results and other people gave generalities on what they would do if they would have, should have, could have, would have, then you're going to be the obvious choice because you answered the question. Yeah, and you leave them that specific story that is so memorable versus the generalities or the, you know, in the future I would, which sometimes they ask the question that way, right? What would you do if? And I always, and I'm Uh sure you do too, tell people to tell an actual situation even if they ask that question, if at all possible. Because then it's remembered. It makes it more real. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it more real. And then I also help them come up with little things to like little things to kind of trigger their memory. Like I had recently a client, I told her, talk about the um, the triple uh, diamond. And so she was able to use that throughout her um, interview. She had three separate interviews going up to the next level. She said that three diamond really helped. And so she, it was a, it was like a trick based on her experience and what the actual um, job was looking for on how she was able to remember those three diamonds where she can tell her story because she had it right there 
but people get so fearful as if the big I and little you, and I don't know what to say. You have lots to say because you are a career professional, and we have experiences on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis that we should be taking note of anyway to keep in our little at a girl at a boy file so we can pull those results out. So again, making yourself the obvious choice, you have to speak their language. Go in, make sure you know your resume and being able to make sure that you have some answers to the competencies that they are asking. Yeah, and have those specific stories so that they'll remember you after you leave because everybody's going to go in and make answers and those people that have really specific results in their stories are the people that they'll remember. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can be the obvious choice. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're excited to have Nicolette Barrett with us and she is talking about how to be the obvious choice. So we talked a little bit about it in your resume and in interviewing. And now, Nicolette, we were going to talk about how to make yourself the obvious choice for a promotion because a lot of people might be especially struggling with this right now, um, working virtually. How do you stand out and get noticed if you're looking to get a promotion right now? Oh, I'm so glad you asked a question, especially when it comes to virtually, because what you don't want to do is be forgotten. So, therefore, you have to still make sure that there are some opportunities in your current work that you feel that will help your manager, um, your other peers, or what have you. You can develop those 
skills such that you have different um, things that you have implemented and spearheaded for that promotion. Say, for example, you're looking to get into leadership. What have you done to lead the whole effort for um, to work from home? What have you done to continue to um, help uh, your peers become engaged in the work from home because we can get sidetracked, especially if we're having, you know, small children at home, a lot of those things. Have you shared tips for that? And then if it's not necessarily that you want to get a promotion in your own department, have you reached out just like you would on LinkedIn, right? You will make those connections in in the organization for the department that you are interested in and ask for a job shadow. And you can do that virtually. Most companies have some kind of video chat where they can share their screen and show you what they do on a day-to-day basis. So you just kind of have to be innovative on how you're doing that. And then when you're in the interview or you're actually applying for that role, you can speak to those experiences. And when you're speaking to those experiences um, verbally as well as on paper, you become the obvious choice because you've made the extra effort, especially in this world of virtual work. And that right now is so valuable because not many people are taking advantage of it because they're just like, okay, I'm working from home and that's it. But no, it shouldn't just stop because you can't become forgotten. So how are you still moving your career forward if that's something that you want to do, whether you're crossing over laterally or you're trying to promote upwards? Because there's a lot of opportunities laterally that you're probably interested in as well. So making sure you're making those connections and developing those mentoring relationships. Um, having I always love this, Murray. I always tell people to do 15-minute coffee chats. And then I tell people, don't take up the full 15 minutes. Set your uh, timer for 13 minutes. So, therefore, if they decide that they want to go beyond 15 minutes, then it's, the onus is on the person that you're asking the information from. So, you're respectful of their time and getting your name out there because the more people that have your name in their mouth, the more mouthpieces that you have in the organization to be your ally for that opportunity. So, make sure you're making yourself the obvious choice by getting your name out there, showcasing that you're interested and also really showcasing that you can do this work from home thing and share experiences. It's valuable. Yeah. yeah. That's such, because if you're not making connections, you're not visible, right? You can't stop at the water cooler. You can't do those things. So you have to be thoughtful about making those connections. Exactly, because people still want their uh, whatever their favorite beverage is in the morning. That's why I say do a coffee chat. Maybe they want to go ahead and uh, have their tea. Some people like to have a soda in the morning, but they always take time to do that before they begin work. And when you do that, you're respectful of their time. Get in, ask your questions, be very strategic and mindful, ask your questions, and that's it. And if you, they will allow you to follow up for an opportunity to do a job shadow, even then, again, can I come for maybe 30 minutes and they show me around what they're doing on their screen or what have you? Make those connections and ask those questions, being respectful of time. And as they become used to you, they'll open up more time. And then I say, yes, yeah, someone so sat with me. They're interested in this job. I know them. They're applying for this job. Can you make sure you interview them? And so they become your allies. Yeah, and, and I was talking about at the very beginning about building these relationships before you need them because once you need it or you're applying to an open position, it's more challenging. If you build those relationships before things happen, and this is internally or externally, then you're going to have that relationship and people are going to be you know, there to help you because you've been there for them and you have a real relationship. 
Yes, and I love that, Marie, because I have been on the end of people haven't spoken to me in years, and all of a sudden they need me. <laughs> well, can you put in a good word for me for this opportunity? I'm so sorry I haven't been in contact. Well, I don't mind it, but, you know, things have changed in the last two, three years that you've spoken to me. But if you're always consistent and following up and building that relationship and showing interest, then, yes, that person's going to fight for you more so than someone who just called them out of the blue. So it's very important to continue those relationships. Yeah, and, and be a little bit, I mean, the word strategic is usually a turn off to people because we don't want to think about strategically building yeah. relationships, but you are being thoughtful around, if I want to get into a different environment, like you said, I could ask for a job shadow or I could just join, you know, if there's an opportunity to join some cross-team meetings, those types of things, to be thoughtful around, hey, I'm going to build relationships and build some visibility in this area if that's where I want to move and not just wait for a position to be posted in that other department because once that happens there'll be comp competition versus if I start to build those relationships now then I will be the known quantity when that happens. Exactly and that's why it's so important for everyone to have a consistent uh, career development plan that they always update and look at every 90 days okay what am I doing to push my career forward whether or not that's going to make, make sure that I'm getting the best raise I'm, I'm promoting to another opportunity or crossing over because I've done this job for about five to seven years. I'm ready to do something else. So there's a, a check-in that you should do with yourself and not wait for an opportunity to pop up. It's always best to be ready than to have to get ready. <laughs> I guess you're going to move much faster than <laughs> when, you're, when you yes. are ready versus needing yes. to get ready. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And if there's anything I think this situation has taught me is that even though we may think we're looking forward, we really have specific things that we can do to be ready financially, have savings, career-wise, to have our resume ready, to have those relationships built up. There are specific things that we can do to be ready for the unknown, <laughs> even though it's totally yes. unknown that we're going to get hit by a pandemic. Yes, indeed. And if you're already having a practice of um, checking in with yourself as far as your career is concerned, again, you can be more ready than the norm of people who have been just comfortable. And a lot of times when we've been with a company for many years, we can become comfortable and we have to still be ready and know what our options are. I tell my team all the time, Please make sure you have an option B in uh, a side gig, another um, opportunity somewhere else that you want to do just in case. And keep building upon that because nothing is promised for tomorrow. You have to be ready and be thinking about what you would do next. Right. So let's talk a little bit about this as a business owner. So I've got a lot of career practitioners, private practice people that listen yes. to the show, as well as having, you know, other people that might be in a business or might be thinking about launching a business. So what do we need to do as business owners to be the obvious choice for our clientele, for the prospects? Uh, making sure that you are promoting something that's your subjectmatic expert in. The riches are always in the niches. If you are just a phenomenal resume writer, but you can't do all of these other things, right now you may need to just market the heck out of your resume writing skills 
in order to bring the people in, and then you can always upsell them. But if you give them a people a myriad of opportunities, they become, you know, confused because you're not making it obvious on what they need. Sometimes we have to scale back our offerings to get more niche down to sell what we need, and then we can have sell those other things on the back end of it that they don't necessarily need to see on the actual website because sometimes too many opportunities, too many options can overwhelm people. And Marie, I'm speaking from experience <laughs> because when people come to me and say, I, oh, you have so many things on there. I just don't really know which one is right for me. And I'm, oh gosh, so now I'm confused. I don't need to tell them I do all of this stuff because right now they just need the immediate services. Then as I talk with them and coach with them, I can say, you know, by the way, I also do X, Y, and Z. You may need this in, in addition to your career strategy. And then we have an opportunity to talk about that. So if we're making ourselves the obvious choice, the riches are always in the niches. If you are a stellar interview um, prep coach, lead with that. Sometimes you have to pivot and recreate your marketing to do that. And don't hide away from other things that you do. You can still do those, but they don't need to see everything. And when I made that pivot, Marie, my business increased because of that, because people can go to the website, see exactly what I offer, then I can upsell on the back end from things that they do not see on the website. Yeah, and it kind of aligns with what we were talking about with job seekers is know what your customer is looking for with the job seeker. It's their employer and matching the job description. For us, it's really know what your market needs. And I've been talking with a lot of business owners about how to do that and, and figure out what the market needs so that you can align with it. And then, as you said, make it simple and easy for people to do business with you by making it clear that you meet their immediate need. Any other last thoughts around being the obvious choice? Yes, and I was going to say one last thing. Business owners, please make sure you take in consideration what your clients are saying. Now, if there's a, like a, a process or something that didn't go very well that caused a, a, a potential client to straddle the fence and not make a choice, then that's something that you need to look at to see if there's something that's broken in your process. One little simple thing that I did on my website just literally recently, I, instead of just having the image of what I did where they can click and say order now and then see the price, I redid the whole thing that they can see the price in addition to all the things that are under that price. So they don't have to click to another page. So the less clicks you can give to your clients, the better. So reduce it down. Yes, that's a great point. And I want to give you here time to share with people how they can connect with you. How can they find you, follow you on social media, your website. So tell people how they can connect with you, Nicolette. Oh, thank you so much, Marie. The best place to connect with me is LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. So connect with me at my name. If you simply put in N-I-C-K-Q, I am probably the only Nicolette Bear that will pop up still there and on Facebook because of the uniqueness of my name. And I'm on, um, I also have a page, a business page on LinkedIn. I rock uh, resumes or I rock development solutions, LLC doing business as I rock resumes and mostly all of my other social media. I am at I rock resumes. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Nicolette, and bringing your expertise here to share with people. I'm sure it will help 
people get in the door through their resume and interview and get up the ladder in their careers or in their businesses. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to say goodbye to Nicolette. We'll be back here in just a few minutes on the Career Confidant, and I'll kind of tie a little bow around this for you and give you some action items moving away. So thank you, Nicolette, and we'll be right back here on the Career Confidant. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Nicolette Barrett about how you can be the obvious choice and that's Nicolette is N-I-C-K-Q and as she said when you start to type that into social media she'll probably be the only one that comes up and she's at IROC Resumes so that you can connect with her there. As we were talking about you know how to be the obvious choice and we were thinking about the uh, networking and how do you make those relationships how do you know what people are looking for and we had just been upgrading our materials for our certified hidden job market coach class Um, if you're looking for a job market coach i would encourage you to look at the career thought leaders website you can find our certified hidden job market coaches there and they have this process that really helps you connect with people before uh, position is posted and doing that thoughtfully through your your champions and, and towards your target audience but it really is that opportunity to connect with people and be memorable and you can do this in a lot of different ways. It's, it can start on social media and engaging with people and making thoughtful comments and being that positive person. You know, I think it can help you stand out to be challenging. And that can be appropriate at times. We want to think about is that is that the type of memorable that I want to be? And making those connections and really focusing on your relationships, your personal, your professional relationships, which I think when you're in job search, especially, and even when you're starting a business, it can be 
uh, thought that that isn't the right time. And although it would be better to have those relationships beforehand, there's never a bad time to really build thoughtful, authentic relationships. So if this moment in time is going to spur me to do that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's all in how we execute it. And it's not about using someone to get what you need. That, of course, feels bad to everybody. But it's about giving people an opportunity to help you. It's about telling people that already know, like, and trust you how they can help you. And it's about building relationships, real, authentic, long-term relationships with people who will then be in your know, like, and trust circle so that when something happens to them and they need help, you can be help. And that when something happens to you, you need help, they can be there for you. And maybe we pause and think about how good it feels to be able to help somebody else. When someone asks for help and you're able to help them, it feels good. And when we get into a networking situation, whether it's, you know, for our business or for our job, a lot of time we can forget that. We can think that, oh, I'm going to be a burden or they don't want to talk to me. And it all depends on how we approach it, of course. But we're giving them an opportunity to be able to be helpful as long as we approach it in a way that allows them to be helpful. If we're asking them to get us a job at their company and that's the only way we're offering for them to be able to help us, it's probably not going to be, probably not going to work. If we're offering them the opportunity to buy our product that we're selling as our side hustle or as our in-between job, probably going to be hard if we haven't really thought about if they need that especially but there are ways that they would be able to help us brainstorm people that might be interested think about companies that might be a good place to look it's all about how we engage them and give them opportunities where they can be helpful because people like to be helpful and especially right now where people have an opportunity to connect in a world that is lacking some of those connections it can be very helpful to someone to be able to talk with you and connect with you and build that relationship with you or rekindle a relationship as long as it's done in that uh, uh, authentic way. And as Nicolette said, just reaching out to have those coffee meetings, really giving people that opportunity to connect. And then during those opportunities, during those meetings, just like any other interview, although it's not one, right? It's a conversation. We want to stand out by being thoughtful. One of the terms that I was talking about earlier today, and then it just kept coming into my head as we were talking with Nicolette, was this idea of being other oriented. So you can feel this when you talk to someone. Is it all about you or is it really about helping them? Now, when you're in job search, you might feel like, well, I don't have anything to offer them, so there's no way I could help them. But you can still approach that situation, that conversation, with a genuine heart to learn about them, to figure out if there are ways that you could help them, to give them that opportunity to connect and be real and be authentic. And I can't tell you that, you know, even that can be such a gift to someone right now to have someone really be there to listen. Um, Maybe even especially if you're not in their current organization, 
because they can't be as, as open or have it as free of conversations with those folks. So there's a lot of different ways that you could add value to someone, even though you might be unemployed. It's interesting to me and then really a, a thought to think about why do we feel like we don't have anything to offer someone else when we're unemployed? That's just one facet of our life. There are so many other ways that we add value to the world that we could add value to a relationship as well when we really build those connections and are there for the the right reasons to make those connections. For business owners, it's nothing different except for that the audience and the approach is a little bit different. We're still trying to figure out what our audience needs. What are they looking for? What are their pains right now? And a great way for business owners to uncover that is to go back and talk to some of our former clients, those people that you've served in the last year. What are their challenges right now? If they're unemployed, if they are still employed, what do they need help with? And, you know, you can say I'm developing some resources. I'd love to know what you need so that I can share them with you. If they help you with your research, you give them those resources for free, even if it is an ebook or something that you are going to be charging for. It gives you a great opportunity to connect with that person, to learn, and then to offer some value back. And if we have those one-on-one conversations, it rekindles the person's memory. Then if they do have family or friends that are looking for help or themselves, they're going to connect with us to be that person that's going to help them move forward. It's especially true in service-oriented businesses. People do business with people they know, like, and trust, and they're going to ask for referrals. Their friends and families are going to be asking for referrals on who should they work with to make sure they're standing out even though they're virtual in their career or to apply to that job and and be the obvious choice. So we want to give those opportunities to our clients and it can benefit us in talking with them and doing the, the research and then we're giving that value back to them in whatever resource or maybe we're going to write an article, whatever we can do that might help answer that question beyond, of course, the information that we may be able to provide in the conversation that we're having with them one-on-one. Those, the ability to kind of build and nurture relationships doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And uh, no, it didn't come naturally to me. I'd see, you know, some of my colleagues and uh, one of our instructors for the reach personal branding course was talking about how she's a connector and she just made it sound like this is what everybody does isn't it and it's it's not right and for those of you that it is natural for you should help your colleagues and friends that it's not natural for them and it's okay to have a tracking system to have a strategy for some people that makes it easier to keep up to stay connected As long as the genuine heart behind the approach is always there, having those systems, reminders, whatever it might be that helps you do that, there isn't anything wrong with that. In fact, it can be a gorgeous thing to help us connect our network, to keep them connected to each other, and to stay connected with them ourselves. The key to it all is for that reason for the conversation to always first be the relationship 
to learn more, to build that network of people that know, like, and trust you, who you also know, like, and trust, so that you can serve as a resource and they can serve as a resource for you. It's that two-way street that makes it work for everyone, including the other person, because they like to help too. No one likes to be the person that's always being helped, and no one you know, they want that opportunity to help. So I hope that you'll go forward and implement some of Nicolette's suggestions to be the obvious choice. And we'll be back here right again next week on The Career Confidant talking about another aspect of our job search communications and how we can connect with employers through a cover letter. So we'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.